Hey friends, I hope you're all staying as safe and healthy and comfortable as possible, and that you're taking care of all the people and pets and plants that are important to you. For those new to the program, welcome. This is the People Are the Enemy podcast. I'm the host of the show. My name is Andy Mascola. Hello! People Are the Enemy is now over five and a half years old. And if you're counting our ten special mini-episodes... This podcast has made 300 episodes available to date. Yay, us! During my opening segment of the show, I like to provide a short monologue in which I sometimes share a personal anecdote. And I always remind our listeners that while there are no ads and there is no Patreon for this podcast, I am a self-published author with 10 novels currently available worldwide in both paperback and ebook formats via Amazon. And if you don't use Amazon, you can find and purchase all ten of my titles in ebook format at Google Play. Just search my last name, which is spelled M-A-S-C-O-L-A. That's how you'll find me on Google Play. If you love this show, and if you'd like to help support it and myself monetarily, and get yourself or the reader in your life some fantastic fiction, the best way to do that is to buy any or all of my stories. If you've already purchased any or all of my books, thank you, thank you, thank you. I sincerely appreciate your generous patronage. And with all that out of the way, here's the quirky theme song. Hello, People Are the Enemy listeners. This is episode 290 of the People Are the Enemy podcast. Thank you so much for checking it out. To quote Roxanne Chante, as I like to do on occasion, you are now rocking with the best. Yes, you found it. This is the sweet spot. Perhaps the sweetest spot. Because unlike other podcasts, there's no merchandise, there's no ads, there's no Patreon, there's no best ofs, there's no reruns. Damn right. Go ahead and listen to those phony balonies out there. You know... Those folks who said, oh yeah, I've got a podcast. Oh yeah, how's that going for you? How often do you put it out? Oh, you know, whenever I feel like it. Oh, your listeners must love that. No. I'm there for you every week. You can count on me. Is this music creeping you out? It should. This is Swans from the album The Seer. This is a song called The Seer Returns. Ooh. Oh my goodness. Oh dear. I'm getting scared. 
Not singer Michael Gira. Or do you say Gyra? Or Gira? I don't know. Uh-oh. Oh, dear. That sounds horrible. Oh, my God. Is that good? I don't know. Let's back out of this. I don't know if there's a devil. I don't know if I believe in it, but... Uh, if there is a devil, and it's not Michael Gira, shoot, that guy may know him. That guy is creepy. Yeah. And speaking about the devil and creepy, oh my gosh. Look, I don't like to talk about my dreams on this podcast. I know people hate listening to other people's dreams. I've heard it said more than once that, you know, the only way you can tell somebody about a dream is to put them in it. <laughs> Meaning like, oh yeah, I had this dream, and you were in it. Oh, really? Tell me all about it. And then you go into a lengthy description of the dream, and they, they say, where was I in the dream? Oh, you were just standing on the side watching. And I only mention that because I heard Michelle with one L mention it, I believe, last week on her show, Feelings, former guest of this show, Michelle with one L, a.k.a. Michelle Colomer from WFMU. And I, uh, I think that she took it from the other, other, another two DJs on WFMU. Seven Second Delay hosts Ken and Andy. I know that they've mentioned it, how awful dreams are to listen to. But listen, okay, I'm going to make you listen to my dream because it's very hard to articulate. All I know is I woke up one morning this past week. <laughs> this is awful. And it was, I, it was horrifying. I, I woke up with the distinct feeling as if I had the knowledge that all women in the world were conspiring against me. <laughs> yes. It was like, oh my God, dear Lord, every woman on the planet is working against me to destroy me. I swear to God, it was so bizarre. And as soon as I woke up, obviously I knew it wasn't real. But I thought to myself, my goodness, there are men on this planet who walk around feeling like this all the time. What an awful, awful way to live. And again, I can't even give you the details of my dream. I just remember, like, the last thing I remember is sort of looking at a room with a couple of people in it. And again, being hit with the knowledge that, oh my God, every woman on the planet is trying to destroy me. <laughs> and literally, like, like I believed it. Like, in the moment, I believed it. And of course, again, as soon as I woke up, I just thought, oh my God, well, that's obviously baloney. <laughs> but, but what a horrific feeling and thought. And again, to think to myself, my goodness, there are men on this planet, and possibly women, who believe that... Uh, that women are trying to destroy them, every aspect of their lives. Just conspiring against them in every moment. It was horrible. But, um, it wasn't true. And, uh, 
course, my wife was very interested to know how these women were doing this. <laughs> she kept saying, you don't remember any part of the dream? That you... No, I said, no, honestly, I can't, I can't recall. I just, I only know that I had this feeling, this, this, I, I felt it as if like, oh my goodness, it was as if it was, was so true. But no, I couldn't articulate it any further than that. Again, all I saw was like a room, like a very, a very empty room with, with a couple of people in it. And that's the last thing I remember. Dear Lord, we need to move on to happier times. We need, we need something. That's right. Thank you, Bloodhound Gang. Take, take us out of that. <laughs> My goodness, I got some other stuff to share with you. I found some fun stuff on the uh, on the old TikTok this week. And I thought it was fun. There's a couple training videos. What This one, I think, is, is from a Kmart training video. And it was about harassment. And I'll set the scene for you. It shows two women. They look to be in their 20s. Wearing red vests, I believe, again, they're working at Kmart. Circa probably 1990s, maybe even maybe even late 80s. And this is this is them being harassed by a man named Walt. And uh, I kind of uh, I kind of got a kick out of this, if only because the music mean makes Walt seem so menacing. But he's kind of like um, he kind of looks like a, the 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 aged Bilbo Baggins. That's the best way to describe him, like the Ian Holm character with the curly white hair and the cherubic face. <laughs> but uh, I, I thought I'd play it for us here, and we get a kick out of it. So this is this is uh, again this is a from a training video on harassment in the workplace, and this is uh, two twenty somethings being harassed by. An elder employee by the name of Walt. Check this out. Oh, it's Walt. Just what I don't need today. Oh, what a great way to start today with two of the prettiest girls in the world. Morning, Walt. How are my two best girls doing? Fine, just fine. Wonderful. You know what does an old man's heart good just to be working around such pretty young things all day? Keeps the juices flowing. You know what I mean? Yes, Walt, we know. Well, then you two have a great day and don't work too hard. I don't know why that makes me laugh. I mean, obviously, it's not harassment on the job is not funny. Okay, I'm trying. I'm not trying to make light of it. I think again, it's more the video. It's the menacing music. But again, it's the most cherubic kind of uh, again Hobbit-looking man that you've ever seen. <laughs> and I think I, I think I'm simultaneously grossed out and also oddly. Humored by the fact that he says, uh, it gets the juices flowing. <laughs> I say, unless you're working at like a Jamba Juice, you don't use get the juices flowing, you know? Dear, dear Lord, my goodness, good old Walt. All right, we need to wash this down with something. And I don't mean the Bloodhound Gang. I've got something else to wash this down with, but I, I need to know how to use the the, the machines. I need to know how to fill my cup up at the machines, you know, at the uh, the fountain drinks, you know. 
at the fast food place. So I need a little instruction. So if I could please, Maestro, uh, a classic 1980s Wendy's training video on uh, how to use the, uh, the, the fountain drink machine. All right. Are you ready? Yes. Here we go. Okay. Soft drinks, lemonade, water, cold tea. It's up to you. It's up to me. All right. Cold drinks come in for cups. Got to know the size before you fill it up. All right. medium, small, kids meal. Keep it straight. It's a good deal. Use the scoop to fill with ice. All right. Never use the cup. Take my advice. Use the scoop. All right. Fill the ice halfway. No matter the size, that's what I say. Okay. Tilt the cup and push against the lever. Keeps the phone down now. Yes, that is very clever. Oh, I wouldn't want my boss to frown. Okay, the left hand side of the tray. Is that my left or theirs? Make sure it pops to do it right. Then hand that drink to the coordinator and tell the guest you'll see him later. I'll see you later, coordinator. Oh my goodness. Okay, I'll smile. Jeez. Of course. I'll always say thank you to the guests. Well, I want to be the one making the difference. Oh. All right. Just like you did the pop. Well, with you believing in me, young blonde woman, I know I can do it too. It's weird, like, they, they show, like, uh, the lemon slice. Like, if if you're giving it to the customer, I guess, at the register, then you put the lemon slice in the, uh, like, like like floatering, floating on top of the drink. But if you're bringing it out to them, and God knows what, what fast food restaurant is, like, bringing your tray of food out to a person, but then you put it on, like, you know, like, you kind of, like, notch it onto the edge of the cup, you know? Like, because it's fancy, I guess. <laughs> Oh, dear. Okay, I got one more, okay? This is a fun one. But uh, let's, uh, let's, uh, let's, uh, let's clear our palate, okay? All right, all right, clear the palate. Here we go. Whenever there's trouble, whenever the double, we're the pound gang. If you've got the crime, we've got the time, we're the bloodhound gang. Thank you, bloodhound gang. Okay, this last one's a fun one. This is from a, uh, I believe it's called Gas and Fuel. I've never seen a Gas and Fuel, but this is a Gas and Fuel training video all about uh, about safety. And uh, I guess a Gas and Fuel is uh, sort of exactly, uh, uh, it's 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 sort of like a, uh, you know, a gas station that also has, you know, a, a convenience store attached, okay? At least that's the impression I get from this, this video. And this is a, a woman instructing a new employee. It starts a bit weird. Uh, if only because uh, it's it's clipped from another part of the video, but y you'll understand in a moment. So let let me uh, start it up for us, okay? And I may stop it and, and talk about it in parts because it is uh, it is quite funny and a little bit visual, okay? Here we go. 
If I'm the wide receiver and you're the coach, who's Bill? Probably a linebacker or something. Let's get started, <laughs> shall we? All right, this is called spotting unsafe situations. The key is to keep an eye out for the details. Let's start with the self-serve snack station, the Gas and Fuel Cafe. What's happening at this point is the camera is panning over a steel countertop where the condiments are. And if you've ever been in a gas and fuel <laughs> or any kind of like convenience store attached to a gas station, you know exactly what this is. This is, you know, where the coffee pot is, where the uh, sugar is, etc., etc. Okay, here, here we go. Everything looks safe here. Not so fast, Chris. Look closer. Aha! The microwave is running unattended. That's right. And there's a can of paint thinner inside. What? <laughs> oh my goodness. There's a can of paint thinner inside the microwave. Well, we can't have that, can we? <laughs> All right, let's move along. Now let's move to the grocery aisle. Okay. Well, I've checked every item on the shelf, and everything looks A-okay. All right. Lesson number one, dangers aren't always found at eye level. Oh, look down. Wow. <laughs> You're right, Shelly. I didn't even notice those rusty nails. If I'm the one... <laughs> And again, it's more visual. Everything looks spotless, except when he looks down and the camera pans down to the to his to floor level. It looks like like somebody literally took like a handful of rusty bent nails and just put them on one of the tiles. <laughs> oh dear. That's about all I've got for you folks. I hope you're staying cool. Did you like those uh, training videos? I hope you did. At this point in the program, I'm going to hand things off to our friend, Rachel from Des Moines. And she is going to give you the chart chat. So, without any further ado, take it away, Rachel. Thanks, Andy. Hello, and welcome back to Rachel's Chart Chat for another week. Thanks, as always, to everyone who listened last week, especially Sherry for your comments, and Jeffrey for digging up a second point-blank song besides Nicole for the Twin Spin edition of the VJ Big Suit Twitch Show. Tuesdays, 8 Central, stop by. This week, I decided to do another chart chat presents for you. This one is Song Parodies and Commercials, Volume 2. The first song for today's segment originated all the way back in 1780, with the best-known version coming from a 1909 arrangement by English composer Frederick Austin, The Twelve Days of Christmas. It was parodied in a 1988 spot for Whisk Detergent, detailing all the items that need washed after a busy holiday season. I think my favorite was the four appalling shirts, but I was also intrigued by the French jeans. Moving into the 19th century, I went down a moderate rabbit hole on hamburger helper ads of the late 80s and early 90s, and this started because a listener had suggested their ad with using Funiculi Funicula, and I forget who sent it, I'm very sorry. This song was written in 1880, by Luigi Denza and Popino Tuco to celebrate the opening of the funicular railway on Mount Vesuvius. And then in 1991, an anthropomorphic white glove sang new lyrics about zesty Italian pasta and sauce mix to it. In the same series, Hamburger Helper used a parody of O Solo Mio 
1889 composition from Giovanni Capuro, Eduardo Di Capua, and Alfredo Mattacuzzi for Hamburger Helper Lasagna, and Home on the Range, the state song of Kansas by Brewster Hiley and Daniel E. Kelly from 1872 to promote Chili Mac. Old Solo Mio was also used as parody in the UK ads for their Cornetto ice cream treats in the 80s. In 1928, the famous Myers Jubilee singers recorded the first version of the spiritual Them Bones, aka the head bones connected to the neck bone, that song. And that was parodied in the late 80s in a PSA featuring the Flintstones kids cartoon characters. And this encouraged kids to wear their seatbelts and also to remind their folks to do the same. Uh, now, finally, we're getting closer to the rock era. In 1954, a duet group from the Bronx wrote and recorded a song called Shaboom, which was a crossover hit on the pop as well as R&B charts, hitting number two and number nine, respectively. Another vocal group, Canada's Crew Cuts, who were known chiefly for doing cover songs, had a number one pop hit with their version of Shaboom in the same year. The chords original seems to be more the version that gets referenced, like in the Cars movie when they've restored all the neon to Radiator Springs. The song was known to TV watchers in the 80s as a source of a Dubuque ham spot, and to their ad wizard's credit, they actually wrote lyrics about the product besides Dubuque Dubuque. Uh, there was another ad that featured their whole product line, although I mainly remember the ham one. It had these cute little dancing ham, canned hams. Uh, in 1964, Elvis Presley came out with his Ode to Sin City, the title track from his film Viva Las Vegas. The song hit number 29, but through use in other movies and TV shows, it has grown to be one of his better known or, and loved songs. Then in 2006, Pfizer changed one word to sell a certain little blue pill. The best known version features a bunch of medium timers. I won't call them old timers, they're definitely medium timers in their acoustic garage band singing and playing rewritten lyrics to the song, which actually has a new verse the group sings for about half of the ads run time, and the other half is of course taken up by the verbal fine print. And don't miss their ad in Golf Magazine. And you know how they say don't read the comments? Well, I agree, because that's how I learned that Cologuard, the colon cancer screening cardboard box, is being advertised with a parody of Frank Sinatra's signature song from 1969, My Way. The lyrics were by Paul Anka, written for Frank specifically, and it hit number 27 on the Hot 100, though it was number two on the Easy Listening chart. No laughing. Up next is a song where the original was a bigger hit, but the gender-swapped cover is arguably more well-known. I Want Candy. The song was the creation of songwriting quartet of Burt Burns, Bob Feldman, Jerry Goldsmith, and Richard Gottner, who earlier wrote My Boyfriend's Back. For Candy, Feldman, Goldstein, and Goddard created a group called the Strange Loves, adopting the personas of three Australian sheep herding brothers. Their version went to number seven in Canada and number 11 in the US. I heard it once in the car in high school and it blew my mind because I was only familiar with the 1982 version by UK new wave band Bow Wow Wow. This one with lead vocals by Anglo-Burmese teen singer Annabelle Lewin hit number nine at home but only number 62 here in the US, though it has gone on to be an 80s classic I'd say. It was used to sell Pringles for the bulk of the 90s with three words, I want Pringles. The best-known version of the song Barbara Ann was done by the Beach Boys with a lead vocal from guest Dean Torrance. It was recorded in studio but had party sound effects and dialogue dubbed in. That song just missed the top spot, making it to number two, one of ten top five hits for the group. The song is known to residents of Southern California as the basis for the Keys on Van Nuys jingle for a chain of car dealerships. 
And staying on the West Coast, car salesman Cal Worthington was known for his ads with, quote, My Dog Spot and the jingle Go See Cal, based on the traditional song of If You're Happy and You Know It. Both of these ads I learned about from listening to L.A.-based comedy podcasts. Up next is one suggested by listener J. David Black, who mentioned the late 90s Cool Whip ad set to a parody of Cool Jerk, which had been a number seven pop and number two R&B hit for the soul group The Capitals. David thought, as with many of these ads, young viewers might not know the source, but listener Crystal, aka Malice Walker, pointed out the famous shower rendition by Uncle Frank in Home Alone 2, well known to kids in the 90s. The Cool Whip campaign had a summer picnic version and a Thanksgiving holiday version, both with new lyrics. Up next, we have the 1967 Sam and Dave classic Soul Man. This song was written by Isaac Hayes and David Porter and was a number two pop and number one R&B hit. The song was used in the early 90s as I'm a Bic Man to to sell their line of disposable shavers. It will be better just to use the title after I had read about how the civil rights movement inspired the songwriters as they created the lyrics for the song. In 2018, Ozempic started using the band Pilot's 1974 hit Magic as OOO Ozempic, and you honestly have to wonder how no other O-name prescription drug beat them to that one. Pilot was a Scottish group, and they scored a U.S. number 5 hit with the tune, which was later covered by Selena Gomez, though it only reached number 61 for her in 2009. In 1976, Vicky Sue Robinson had a disco hit with Turn the Beat Around. Her version hit number 10. In 1994, Gloria Estefan put out a cover that reached number 13. Then, in 2009, Megan Mullally sang Tur the Tub Around to encourage shoppers to read the nutrition facts on the back of a thing of I Can't Believe It's Not Butter. She danced with a stock boy in the grocery store aisles. At the time, I said, bring back Fabio, and I stand by that. In 1977, Queen released We Are the Champions with We Will Rock You as the B-side. Songs appear in the opposite order on the album, and many DJs played them that way on the radio, getting the B-side up front. The songs were both popular sports stadium anthems, and in 1992, We Will Rock You was used in the youth hockey movie The Mighty Ducks, and then also both of the sequels. This introduced it to a new generation of fans, myself included. By 1994, We Will, We Will Rock You had been transformed into Gotta Be, Gotta Be Dominoes with an ad set in a football stadium when the fans are ordering out for pizza on their 90s cell phones. The chain added buffalo wings in 95, and that got added to the chant as well. I want to thank comedian and actor Carl Tart for referencing the buffalo wings version on the anniversary above Comedy Bang Bang, which reminded me of these ads. Getting into the 80s, this one comes from listener Jeffrey, who pointed out the unusually quick turnaround time from pop single to parody jingle. Adam Ant's number 12 US, number one UK hit Goody Two Shoes from 1982 was rewritten by the Dairy Board to encourage kids to drink milk for an ad in 84 with a fun dance scene set in a cafeteria. Also in 1984, Welsh singer Bonnie Tyler recorded the Jim Steinman epic Holding Out for a Hero for the Footloose soundtrack. The video for this is not to be missed. It's not a movie tie-in video and it's totally balls to the wall as befitting a Steinman tune. The song was a number 34 hit in the US, but it was number one in Ireland. Then in 2017, Arby's introduced a new menu item and got spokesman Bing Rains to sing Euro over Hero and the rest is history. It's so dumb you have to admire the audacity. The final song I want to mention and we're dipping into the 90s here, is Woomp There It Is by Atlanta rap duo Tag Team. 
It was a number two pop hit, number one R&B, and was the second biggest song of 93 behind Whitney Houston's I Will Always Love You. In the last couple years, it's come back on the scene via an ice cream themed parody from insurance company Geico with tag team members DC The Brain Supreme and Steve Rowland appearing in the ad. I hope that Geico paid them a lot of money for their appearance without the creepy eyeballs on the stacks of cash. Well, that's all from me this week. Thanks so much for listening. Back to you, Andy. Thank you, Rachel. As always, awesome stuff. This has been episode 290 of the People Are the Enemy podcast. Our theme song is Walrus Love by Nokia Ocean. You can find that song and more at pizzapuppies.bandcamp.com. My name is Andy Mascola. You can purchase my novels via Amazon and other online book retailers in both paperback and ebook formats for as little as $1.99. Thank you for listening. Thank you for subscribing. Thank you, Rachel from Des Moines. We love you. Peace.